Hey everybody, just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies, that's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art, or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday, or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot holes a gratuitous movies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Gerald Varga is a producer, writer, actor, and director who has been involved with several independent films, including GGG One Night Stab and his latest directorial effort, Murderbox, where a stand-up comedian with a brutal alter ego is interrogated by police about the contents of his hard drive. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Varga was kind enough to join us on Everything I Learned From Movies. Hello, Gerald. Hey, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. Here, I think this... Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loud and clear, man. Excellent. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm here uh, with my wife, Izzy. Met Hello. Her. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Pretty doing good. good how are you i'm great great yeah i remember meeting you both in uh, san francisco that was cool yeah yeah it, the the festival was great uh fortunately we couldn't be there the other days but yeah that opening night was pretty sweet nice to meet you there yeah it was a cool party for sure it was uh, a lot of fun those people are really super swell yeah right uh, i really enjoyed it how, how was like the saturday and sunday nights or say so you were there for saturday right yeah i was there for uh, for both nights and yeah it was really good nice. i enjoyed it I had a really good time Really like San Francisco. Yeah, uh, it's, nice. it's. Are we already recording so far? Or not really. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of recording. We can be edited and stuff too. No big deal. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for calling. Uh, we really appreciate it. We. Uh, oh, you're welcome. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, we we got to see uh, Murder Box last night. Finally yeah. got a found time in our schedule for it. It's, oh, nice. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, <laughs> we loved it. It's different. Is it what you were expecting, or was it? Uh, no, it was totally not what I was expecting. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, we we had talked about it. Uh, you know, the night when when we met, and you were describing it as like a horror comedy, and I was like, wait, but it's also found footage, and and so I, I didn't really know what to expect. But uh, yeah, uh, well, it's I, probably I, um, it's probably less on the on the horror comedy, more on the horror front, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, there's some laughs in it, but you know, it's, it's, I guess it's not terribly funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a terribly tragic story, really, if you think about it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's yeah, definitely a horror story. But yeah, there, there were definitely a couple jokes during the uh, stand-up routine that got me pretty good. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's kind of like why we decided to call it, you know, like call it horror comedy. It's because well, yeah, it's about a comedian, so. And he does tell jokes, so there's comedy in it. So, and then like the stalker blog stuff too. Quite a few funny, uh, funny moments in the in the stalker blog too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, so, yeah, I don't want to give like too much away, but yeah, it's definitely, de- definitely not not what you expect, kind of going in with a found footage movie. But yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. What, where, uh, where, cool. where? I, I know you sent us. Uh, 
Oh, you you, you sent us oh, like yeah. Li- yeah. like an advanced copy or whatever of it. But where where can people find it? Like, is it online or just at festivals? Or well, you can actually watch it uh, this week. You can watch it if you go to. Uh, there's a festival put on by the Pinewood Studios. So I have to uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm just getting over a cold here. Oh. Uh, there's a festival that uh, put on by the Pinewood Studios. It's called the Liftoff Sessions. And uh, there's like an online showcase with that festival in the first round. It's called the Social Round. Uh, I believe that they judge it as well. If you go to Vimeo On Demand uh, this week, is this going to be aired this week or is this going to be aired later? Uh, it's actually probably going to be uh, like about two weeks from now. Oh, okay. Well, I can send. I can. I can definitely send out like some uh, uh, twi- Twitter stuff uh, as as far as like getting people yeah, over yeah, to sure. it. And yeah, all yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You can do that. Um, but it's gonna be. It'll be. It's on all week until Sunday, um, as part of the liftoff sessions, and you can go and watch it on Vimeo on demand. So when you you get on there, you just type in the liftoff sessions March showcase. And if you go on there, you you know it's actually pretty expensive though. It'd be like twenty bucks to watch the films on there, and then you'd have till Sunday to watch them, and then you can watch Burger Box on there, and you could vote for it. But um, it's not, you know, it hasn't been released yet, right? I'm still kind of doing the the festival run. I'm gonna try to maybe do a couple more festivals, and then after that, I'll release it on likely Amazon and services like that. Oh, okay. There's been a couple others that have talked to me, but yeah, it's not officially yet. So excellent. Well, yeah, we'll definitely uh, get, get the word out as best we can. And um, just personally, like, uh, where if you want my let us know, like, where you grew up and uh, what your family life was like. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, I grew up in Saskatchewan, um, in uh, a place called Bangor, like not Bangor, Maine, but Bangor, Saskatchewan. I was adopted, um, so I, was, I believe I was born in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, that I was. Adopted. I didn't believe because you know, when you're adopted, you, you never really know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I grew up on a farm there, and uh, I moved out to Vancouver when I was 19 to uh, to Vancouver, Canada to pursue acting. Thought that was the path I wanted to go down. I uh, did that uh, on and off for like 10 years, and then I got into stand-up comedy, which I did for. Gerald Geraldson character for about 10 years and then just regular stand-up before that for a couple of years and then I kind of really got passionate about filmmaking just in the last few years so um, as far as like growing up were you in like all the drama classes and stuff like that in school oh yeah or? yeah hey, that's a great question I, I certainly was yeah that was the one thing um, about school that I liked I, I didn't really like school that much uh, when I when I went to high school I remember the first year of high school, I, I was in this school called the Yorkton Regional High School. Uh, Yorkton is like 30 miles away from Bangor. That's where all the kids went to school. And I dropped out uh, in grade 10. I was having problems at school. Not like, you know, learning, just problems with students and things like that. Not getting along. And then I ended up going to a different school where I, you know, I had to basically, you know, pick up the rest of my credit from grade 10 and carry on. And in the new school, uh, that's where I uh, met this uh, drama teacher there. I had this drama teacher named uh, Greg Degout, a uh, French uh, guy. 
and he was just he was phenomenal. He really inspired me, and I remember they started teaching us about the actor's studio and telling us the history of acting, and I got really fascinated with acting, and uh, I think I was quite riveted by Dustin Hoffman and his dedication to acting, Robert De Niro, and so I was like, I want to be a serious actor, you know, I want to be really serious, and then I started doing high school musicals, right? Yeah. Which, of course, is uh, completely, that's not the same kind of acting, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'd be like, you know, being all serious, you know, starring in Anne of Green Gables and The Wiz and musicals like that, you know, try, trying to, like, seriously portray these characters. They're like, oh, no, bigger, just go bigger, go bigger, you know? It's, it's, it's theater. I'm like, okay. So, um, so I, yeah, I was really passionate about it. And I, I guess I could sing to some degree. I was an art singer, so I was usually the, the lead in, in the musicals. And then one year I won the Director's Award, which is a big thing for me. Because uh, it was a big thing for me. Like, I was, you know, I never really excelled at school. I didn't have the greatest self esteem. So, you know, in grade 12, before I graduated, I won this award called the Director's Award. I forget which, I, I think it was the Wiz. I think that was the one. And yeah, so it was, it was, it was really exciting for me. And then I came out to Vancouver, got into acting, did some, did some more acting here, and, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who'd you play in the Wiz? So I was the Tin Man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Excellent. So you started getting into acting in Vancouver. Uh, was it just uh, small small productions or like playhouses or independent movies? Uh, I came here and I, I did uh, a couple of years of acting school. So uh, a few years of acting school, a few different schools. The one school was called the, the Gastown Actors Studio, which was pretty cool. Um... And then I went to this other acting school for a year called the William B. Davis Center for actor study. There's some trivia for you. William B. Davis. Do either of you know who that is? I was just thinking no. I don't. No. All right. So uh, the cancer man from the Xbox. That guy. Oh, Ooh. yes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, the smoking man. So he, uh, at the time, he owned an acting school. And, uh, yeah, so I went, I went and got involved in that. That was great, actually. I really enjoyed that school. It was a cool, it was a cool place. You know, it was really cool. I remember I met a girl there, had a girlfriend I was dating when I was there. And, and it was just a really cool environment. I really, I really, I really liked the team spirit of that school. It was a lot of fun. And then after that, yeah, I got involved in, uh, you know, I got an agent. And I did some projects. You know, was in some in some things, uh, some professional acting roles. A few of them. Probably the most most notable one was uh, this film. It's actually a gay and lesbian romantic comedy called uh, Better Than Chocolate. And in that, I played a neo-Nazi skinhead. <laughs> I had like three scenes of it, and I just was like a bad guy, and it was like really taunting, uh, taunting the lesbians in the film. And uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was really exciting, and it was cool to be part of a fairly big production. I think they had like a two million dollar budget. Oh, nice. The film went on to make some money, and got to see it in the movie theater. So that was a lot of fun, definitely. And I did oh tons of plays, the irascible plays. I did lots of small plays, um, lots of stuff like that. Yeah, see, I was looking at your uh, your well, your IMDb, and uh, yeah, there was uh, that role, and also like uh, bar uh, bartender in Shelf Life and stuff like that. And I guess have you seen that movie? Have you 
seen Snowflake? Oh no, I I have not. But yeah. but, but I, I just thought it was on your on the list. Sorry, so it was like kind of smaller parts, I guess. And, and then there was the GGG uh, One Night Stab. Uh, I guess it was that the the first movie with Gerald Gerald Geraldson. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was just like a uh, a comedy special that we did uh, based around the character. A friend of mine. He's a, he's a filmmaker. At the time, he was you know he had made a, a documentary about comedians. Uh, it wasn't something I was involved in, but um, I did see it and I liked it quite a bit. And he was like, "Hey, uh, you know," he approached me and said, "And he was like, hey, I got this idea. We can do a comedy special, and it would just be like you telling jokes on stage, and then it would be skits. So it'd be you know we'd film one of your comedy your live shows." At the time, I was doing a lot of fairly big shows, fairly big audiences. Um, the one he filmed, I think it was at the Rio Theater in Vancouver. So it was one of those shows that was actually sold out. I think there was like 350 or 400 people, whatever that little, whatever that theater seats. It's a movie theater where uh, there's a lot of live shows. And he said, let's you know, film that, and then we can do these comedy skits. And he wrote the bulk of the comedy skits. I wrote a few of them. And it was a sort of a no-budget, you know, really, really, really low-budget uh, film. But it really got me interested in in, uh, in filmmaking. And I was always interested in it. But watching him do it, you know, learning about the camera, and just the process of, of doing a bare-bones production like that was quite inspiring. And and then we uh, ended up screening it at the Rio. Uh, I think that, I believe that was a sold-out event as well, where we screened it there. You know, everybody came out. We did, I hosted it. I did a bunch of stand-up. I had a bunch of other comedians on the on the show. And, uh, yeah, we filmed the movie at the end, and it was just a real blast to watch yourself on the big screen like that, especially when you're the star of the movie, right? Yeah. How long had you been doing comedy at this point? Uh, well, we're, I'm trying to think when we did that. I think we did that one in, like, 2013. Yeah. Maybe like six or seven years, something like that. Oh, nice. That sounds right. Six, six or seven years. So, uh, but I was already headlining. I'd already done some headlining shows. I think at the, by that point, I had already done the Vancouver Global Comedy Fest and some other, uh, I guess, notable shows. I used to, I used to go and open up for Evil Dead the Musical. I'd be like their warm-up act. Oh, nice. Uh, one of the touring productions that would go to like Portland. They come to Vancouver as well. Playing that character and doing that kind of stand-up definitely opened a lot of doors for me. I got quite a bit of attention for quite a long time. But uh, it, it sort of started to wear thin for me a bit after a while. You know, it's like I can only go up there and uh, write these silly jokes and you know tell these kind of jokes for so long. It's, it's quite taxing, right? It's, it's really not that easy to tell those kind of jokes oh, to yeah. unsuspecting audiences. I mean, you can imagine, right? Like, you know how some audiences will react to the, that kind of humor. Like, people can get pretty offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, quite... it, like, like comedy in general can kind of just be that way. But yeah, when it's a very like a very niche character and everything, you can have a great show yeah. or it can go south really quickly. <laughs> it could, yeah, exactly. It, it totally could. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. But um, I just felt like after a while, this would be a good movie character. It'd be something that would be really cool in the movie and uh and of course there were quite a few inspirations for the movie and yeah went from there yeah so, so then with uh murder box uh so not quite released yet but available on the, the formats you mentioned earlier when you were uh coming up with with that as far as a, a movie and it, yeah, it's basically dealing with 
I guess the real life person and then the character and then they kind of slip back and forth and all that. But how, how was the process of coming up with the movie and like writing it? Like how, how long did it take? Uh, well, I would say, um, okay, well, that's, that's a really, uh, that's tough to answer because <laughs> I, I've been trying to write a movie for it for a long time. Like I, I put a lot of effort into writing the film. Uh, and I wrote several different found footage versions of it uh, over quite a few years. I would say probably over like three years. Different attempts to write uh, a movie. Yeah, so I mean, I spent a long, a long time trying to uh, uh, come up with a story. And yeah, probably about three years. And then I got this fairly simple story idea for the movie. Uh, I was watching... I, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a YouTube uh, YouTube junkie. I watch a lot of a lot of YouTube videos. It's probably like my primary source of entertainment. I love to watch true crime. I'm pretty fascinated with true crime, and in particular, I like these interrogation videos where they show like you know famous criminals you know being interrogated by the police and just sort of broken down. And I love watching that process of watching these idiots just kind of know, fall apart. Uh, I really admire the police that know how to do the job and, and bring these uh, bring these guys down. Anyway, so there was one uh, video about a, a famous Canadian uh, murderer, really high profile guy. I don't want to really mention his name because I don't want to, you know, I don't really want to promote the guy or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even think it's worth saying his name, but anyway, he, you know, he was someone that was very high up there in society, was very well respected, and uh, the, the police brought this guy down, they brought him into this interrogation, he walked in there, he thought he would just walk out, he thought he could outsmart them like most narcissists and psychopaths you know, think they can, and and it was just amazing to watch him just be slowly dismantled by this highly trained police officer who really knew what he was doing. So it got me thinking, I'm like, you know, this is a guy who's like highly respected, and, uh, you know, I, I'm a stand-up comedian who's not highly respected, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, who's fairly entertaining. At least at the time, in my heyday, people were, were really into the Gerald, Gerald, Geraldson thing here in, uh, in Vancouver, greater Vancouver area. So uh, I just started thinking, I'm like, well, imagine if, let's hypothetically say, Gerald, Gerald, Geraldson, who plays a murderer, actually was a murderer, and he got called into a police interrogation room like this. And then they posted the video of him getting uh, arrested and convicted and having him confess to these, these crimes. Imagine how fascinated people would be by this guy because, you know, he plays this psychopath on stage. So if he was to get caught, people would really want to look this guy up. They'd want to see his stand-up. And by default, he would probably become insanely popular. Uh, you know, people would be very interested in this guy's jokes, right? Yeah, yeah. And he'd probably be a very well-known, infamous comedian. So I just was thinking about that hypothetically, and I thought this could make for a, a pretty cool movie. So the original idea for the film, it was just going to be me being interrogated uh, by a police officer and just kind of be like One Night Stab, the comedy special we were talking about. And it would just sort of cut between the interrogation to, uh, you know, Gerald on stage telling jokes and back to the interrogation. And then the movie would end with 
uh, the cop getting murdered and Gerald getting away, and that would be the whole film. Which, in theory, I think could could be a really good film. You know, I think it could be really good. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm I don't know if I'm quite at the level of writer to pull it off. It would take for some pretty riveting uh, writing. It would be really difficult, and I just couldn't quite pull it off. But then we started. Uh, I started thinking, okay, well, let's. What else can we do? We got to make the story more interesting. We have to have more going on. So I brought in the Tim Saunders relationship, and then uh, my good friend Jimmy Gannon, who was also the DOP on the film. He brought in the helmet cam killer angle, which was kind of a nice twist because a lot of you know a lot of times people. Well, actually, I won't say nothing. I want to spoil the movie. Yeah, say say it. Um, like, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much. I, I want there to be some misdirection there. Yeah, yeah, so there's definitely okay, some good stuff in there. But whatever, let's just let people watch it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, it, the story just evolved. You know, I just realized I don't have enough to make a movie on this single idea, so a lot more has to happen. Yeah, they got to be and like... And it just evolved, yeah. Very nice. And so we, and so yeah, you're doing the festival circuit, it'll be coming out shortly, so yeah, we, it definitely... Uh, where, where can we, like, uh, follow the progress to find out, like, if it's coming to our town or, uh, you know, when it hits Amazon and everything? Oh, well, you can you can always follow the Facebook uh, page. There's a Murderbox uh, Facebook page. But, yeah, in terms of... Uh, there's IMDB. You can always just go to IMDB. There's a, a Murderbox page there. But now that you're asking me that, it's making me think I really should come up with a website. I should get a, <laughs> a website going... Oh, that was already set up. Um, <laughs> I really need to have a better answer for you as to how you can find out what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you already had the, the website really up with the like, murderboxfilm.com <laughs> email, and so I was like, oh, okay, I figured that'd be that. <laughs> All right, I'll... Uh, that I'll... actually probably be a good idea. What, what do you think would be a good plan for that, like, so that people can really follow what's happening? I mean, no... Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Facebook page is good, um... Yeah, but Facebook's probably the best one because you can kind of link it to like any like if you have a website that has like your uh, like festival dates and stuff like that. That's usually a pretty good way to send a couple things out to people to follow the page or like it or whatever, and just kind of let them know like, hey, if you're in the Portland area or you know you know wherever the the next showing or festival is showing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's usually like a, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have to do some some marketing for sure. I know I'm on Instagram now. And then there's like film freeway things like that, but I will have to do some sort of a, a big push before the the film's actual release yeah. for sure. You definitely got to get it out there. <laughs> See, I'm you know I'm trying to get people to review it. Um, I got one guy who does a lot of video reviews. I think he's called the Cinemasochist. He's pretty <laughs> cool. He wants to review it. Uh, apparently, he really liked it. But I'm going to do a big push for IMDb reviews. And I'm probably going to send the film out to a lot of YouTubers and just send them a private link to it, asking them if they want to review it. A friend of mine did that. He was very successful with it. Just getting people to review it, write about it, talk about it. Yeah, we, we can talk about that off air, I guess. <laughs> that'd be, yeah, that'd be great. I know there's a guy from the Unnamed Footage Festival, he uh, he promoted, uh, he's really into the movie, really liked it. He just made a, an action figure for it. Which is on my Facebook. Oh, Gerald, 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 I saw that. Action. Yeah, that that was awesome. Yeah, I saw that and uh, started following. Uh, Car- Carlos like, Gonzalez Jr. Yeah. 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 Is that cool? Yeah, that was super cool. I, I, I was like, oh man, I got to reach out to him to find out how we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like for our podcast yeah. or something. But yeah, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, and aside uh, aside from the movie, like 
uh, what's your favorite kind of music? Like, what what do you what do you sing when you're in the car? I know you mentioned you were in musicals and stuff. So, uh, I like uh, kind of like I like metal. You know, I like uh, classic metal, Ozzy Osbourne, Rob Zombie, ACDC, stuff like that. Nice. And yeah. How about yourself? What are you into? Oh, I listen a little bit of everything, mostly hip hop and R and B, actually. But from the nineties. From, oh, the, right. from, from the nineties <laughs> to up about two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. How about you, babe? What do you listen to? Uh, yeah, listen, I pretty much I'll listen to anything really, but I definitely, I definitely like metal. I don't like, um, I like synth and stuff. Like I like, uh, I like the John Carpenter scores yeah. in his films. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I noticed the uh, the the soundtrack in the movie was very similar to that. I was like. Oh wow, this is very John Carpenter-ish. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It definitely, I definitely was looking for music like that. Um, just whatever I could, I could afford to get. Yeah, I kind of wanted to have. I don't know. It's a different kind of movie, you know. I thought, oh, let's give it kind of an '80s soundtrack, sort of like late '70s, '80s soundtrack. I like, I like movies from the '70s and '80s a lot. That was actually a big decision to to put music in it too. A lot of the uh, found footage movies don't do that, but some of them do, and I just thought, yeah, why not? I mean, at this point, I think most people know that these found footage movies aren't totally real, right? So. <laughs> I would, I would hope so. <laughs> like, well, no one, I'm not fooled. I mean, I'm never fooled, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, the Blair Witch movie fooled me a bit, and I think certain movies, yeah, you don't want any music, but there's just absolutely no need for it. Uh, like the next movie I want to do. I, I think it's probably going to be a found footage movie as well. Uh, even though I don't want to just make found footage movies, but I do have this fairly simple idea. My girlfriend and I do for a pretty low-budget found footage movie, which I think is really interesting. I'll just tell you this. Everybody in the movie wears onesies. Ooh. And uh, almost everybody dies. Almost everybody dies in the film. It's a onesie party. So it revolves around a onesie party where everyone's in onesie. It's uh, kind of a, a really character-driven piece that we're working on. But yeah, so that, that movie wouldn't have a soundtrack. But I, I think some movies, it kind of it works to have music, you know? And I thought I thought Murderbox, when we first did it, we didn't have music. It was very straight-found footage. It actually didn't even have any, uh, there was no uh, Detective Chernick, you know, the cop was being interviewed throughout mm-hmm. the movie kind of providing the narration that character yeah. wasn't in there and it was just found footage okay. I just thought you know it, it's okay but once you start putting music into it it just works better for me yeah with the narration the music yeah it's a, almost more of like a like a documentary kind of like the what is it the making a murderer or whatever that netflix series is honestly i absolutely felt like it was really similar to like forensic files and i mean that in the best way possible i love that show (laughs) oh yeah me too yeah i like that that show too actually it's uh it's, it's pretty interesting i like all the those sort of crime documentary type uh type shows that you see on netflix and making a murderer yeah that was that did have somewhat of an inspiration and forensic files towards how we did this as well. Excellent. Yeah, it definitely shows. Uh, so, so what, what do you do in your free time? Is it uh, well besides watching, I guess, crime shows on Netflix? Like any other hobbies and stuff you have? Oh, I just love going to movies. I mean, movies. That's my thing. I love going to films. I love. Uh, I love going to the theater. My favorite thing to do is to go to the movie theater with my girlfriend. I love doing that. Definitely. I'm just. I'm just a movie guy. And yeah, it's like I said, I'm a bit of a YouTube junkie. 
spare time, hobbies, eh, I, you know, that it sort of changes, changes year to year what I'm into, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Different things, you know? Yeah. I work a lot, so I'm, well, I'm working a lot, so I don't have as much time for, uh, for hobbies as, uh, yeah. as I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah so with, with independent films, you got to pay the bills still, yeah. <laughs> oh, you do, yeah. It's tough to make money. It's, it's, I think it's pretty tough to make money, you know? Yeah. It just depends what kind of following you can get, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and, yeah, so you should be picking up, uh, shortly once the movie comes out and everybody, uh, sees it and comes out. That, that should definitely help get you, get, get you a little, hopefully, a little bit of money. <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah, I sure hope so. Uh, you know, but I didn't realize, like, you know, how hard it is to make money. I mean, there's obviously, you know, like, you know if, if you're doing the, independent distribution platform the self-distribution platform which a lot of filmmakers do uh you know it can be it can be pretty tough and like even the ones that get distributors you know they don't necessarily do better than someone who's self-distributed they might even do worse like a lot of times self-distribution can actually be more effective yeah unless of course we're talking about like you know your movie opening up in a thousand theaters things like that which of course then you're probably going to make money but if it's just DVDs, you know, uh, Blu-rays, digital streaming. A friend of mine, he was on uh, with his movie uh, Amazon Prime, and I think he, he said in the first month he had 143,000 streamed minutes. Oh, wow. Which sounds great, right? Yeah. 143,000 minutes streamed. I think he, he made $143. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But then I talked to another guy, and he's that he was on Amazon Prime for about three months and he made like I don't know a couple thousand dollars I don't think Amazon Prime is the, is the best way to make money I mean it's a great way to get your film out there and get it seen by a lot of people which is really important right yeah I get not everybody has Amazon Prime so if people start talking about it they're like hey I, you know I saw it on Amazon Prime uh, like oh I'm gonna look for that but I don't have Amazon Prime so I'll just go buy it off of iTunes right yeah and then maybe iTunes pays better. I know Vimeo On Demand pays really good. There's definitely some platforms out there that do pay well. But I think the biggest thing is just, you know, just getting as many people as you possibly can to see the movie. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll do our part Don't to help out. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, with our podcast being called Everything I Learned from Movies, uh, we want to know, uh, what have you learned from movies? Like, what uh, what life lessons have you learned, either being part of making movies or uh, just, I guess, watching them as well? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if this is a life lesson, but oh, tell me if I'm going along the, long, uh, along the right lines. Uh, I learned that I love sharks. I love sharks and I'm fascinated with sharks and I can't get enough of sharks. Okay, what movie? Uh, let me ask you, what movie do you think I'm talking about? Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Sharknado 5, no. Yeah, like... uh, on, the, Meg. Okay. the Meg. The yeah. Meg? No, definitely not The Meg. <laughs> the original of the remake. <laughs> yeah, so Shark Lake. No. Um... <laughs> Shark Lake, yeah, you can just keep going, right? <laughs> yeah, so we've uh we've seen a number of them <laughs> uh, oh, I bet. What's your, uh yeah i love them no i love them that like movies uh they definitely ins- inspired that in me my love of sharks um yeah. do you what do you, do you guys do you like you said you've seen them all do you love shark movies 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, sharks are I mean, magnificent creatures. I mean, I think we all know you're really talking about Chaz the Revenge, but uh... Misty, he's, talk- <laughs> he's talking about my my favorite birthday movie of all time, Jersey Shore Shark Attack. That's it. <laughs> Joey Fatone just got eaten by a shark. <laughs> Oh my god. We watched that for my birthday. <laughs> it's called Jersey Shore Shark Attack? Is that yes, called? it is. Yeah, it was a, uh, a sci fi channel movie. <laughs> uh, it, char- it starred Joey Fatone briefly. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, it, it's, I gotta look for this movie. Yeah, see, it, it's like a Sharknado kind of movie, but yeah, you, you'll, you might like it. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a pair of Sharknado socks. Oh, yes. very nice. Okay. I've actually never seen a Sharknado Really? A friend of mine, uh, actually a friend who's in the movie, She's her name's Sandy. Uh, she's a girl in the woods during the clown scene. She's got a chase down <laughs> and nice. start terrorizing. She bought me a pair of uh, Sharknado socks because she knows I love Jaws. And oh, yeah, that I'm one too. I'm quite fond of those socks. I might actually watch one of those movies maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, the, the the first one's worth it. Uh, they kind of they kind of go downhill from there, just yeah, personal <laughs> opinion. But. But well, yeah. I just can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, Jaws definitely is one of those like like I dare say perfect movies, uh, especially with regards to, like horror and you know it's, being low budget. Uh, it's you know. practically it it's the textbook for a monster movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that movie is basically like I think that the effects really stand up. Like, I really do. Like, people should mm-hmm. talk Jaws a lot. They're like, oh, the shark looks fake. I'm like, no, you're talking about the sequels. Bruce looks fantastic in the first one. He was. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I thought he looked great. I mean, sure, there was a couple shots where they looked a little fake, but this is 1975. <clears throat> Spielberg did a great job of showing very little. And when he did show the, or whoever they, I guess Verna Fields, the editor, or when they did show the shark, it looked pretty good. Yeah, it had impact. It was pretty and, cool. Yeah, the great acting and everything around it. Uh, you know. uh, where were some oh, of the other... acting that's been phenomenal. Yeah, where, where were some of the, your other favorites growing up? Uh, let's see. There's just so many. Uh, I was a big fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I really loved those films, especially Dream Warriors Part <laughs> 3. Yeah. That was great. I loved that. I liked the, I liked the John Carpenter movies. You know, I liked the thing. I thought Halloween was good. Uh, the Friday the 13th movies were kind of a guilty pleasure. <laughs> like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Evil Dead, definitely huge, huge Evil Dead fan. Yeah. Oh, Evil yeah. Dead 2, one of my personal favorites. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it was mostly horror, like mainly horror films that I was, I was into. As I got older, my uh, taste got a lot broader. So now I don't just watch horror films. I'm interested in all kinds of movies. But yeah, I'd say mainly the horror, like those those '80s horror films, where they they really uh, piqued my imagination. They're pretty amazing. How about yourselves? Oh, we we have a wide berth of uh, movies that we watch. But Steve, uh, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. <laughs> I I have several favorite movies, but uh, yeah, mostly action and uh, you know martial arts movies and stuff like that. But I'll I'll watch just oh, yeah. about anything. Yeah, dinosaur movies. I mean, you we know. love dinosaur movies. <laughs> Can never have enough of those. <laughs> my uh, my favorite movie growing up was Big Trouble in Little China. Still one of my favorites. Oh, I think I was wearing that T-shirt when we went to uh, 
when I was at the party when I was talking to you guys. Yeah. You were. That's why I had to come yeah. over, come over and say hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that movie. I went to I went to see that with my dad. That was a real bonding experience for us when we went to that. I remember seeing that movie with him and. Oh, strangely enough, Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, I did go to that one. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and the Terminator. I was so crazy about Jaws. I went to I went to see Jaws the Revenge <laughs> in 1987. I was I went with uh, my dad and uh, my cousin and our neighbor, and we went there. I remember we were driving back in the car. I was just so shark crazy, and I loved Jaws so much. I was such a loyal fan. I was like, that was a good movie. I really liked that. And uh, my dad was like, no, no, that wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a shark in it. How bad could it have been? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It was great. And then he's like, no, it was dumb. And the kid, the other kids in the car were also like, it's stupid. It was really stupid. Why do you like it? It was looked so <laughs> like, it looked good. <laughs> so but now uh, I watch it today, and I'm like, it's awful. <laughs> so so all joking aside did you watch the meg last year when it came out i totally went to the meg yeah okay. yeah because <laughs> it's a it's, it's it's a guilty pleasure kind of movie but it it's got sharks so you'll like it <laughs> it has sharks, it's jason got sharks. yeah i, I kind of liked it yeah jason statham did you guys like it did you both like it or what'd you think of it oh yeah, oh, yeah. We, we we went in with low expectations but it was uh, <laughs> it was it was better than we thought it was going to be we had we had seen the original the meg the sci-fi uh sci-fi channels one yeah from like 2010 or something and that's that's actually a little more dramatic and stuff, but yeah, I recommend checking that out if you haven't. Or I can't remember. I think it was called Megalodon, but yeah, Megalodon. Uh, Megalodon, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I it's, haven't it's, seen that one yet, but I, yeah, I might, I might look it up. This one with Jason Statham, it was pretty. Uh, it was yeah, the effects were pretty amazing. They're pretty good, I thought. I liked the special effects in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would have been cooler if it was rated R. Oh yeah. But uh, oh, wait, I can appreciate, you know, making a movie like that. Yeah, when they were talking about Eli Roth directing it originally, I was like, I'm in. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm totally in. Let's do this. <laughs> and then it was you like... You have a shark that's like cutting someone's eye out of their head. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Why is the shark in a hostel? Why is it torturing people? I don't get it. I, uh, Eli Roth, that... Uh, made some interesting movies that movie hostile i i had a really hard time stomaching that movie oh yeah the, yeah. the first one's rough like it's 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 hard to watch especially you know 10 12 years ago when it came out the second one actually wasn't that bad <laughs> like like i really enjoyed it <laughs> oh yeah i haven't seen the second one yeah i've I, I, toned down a bit I actually, you know, like I'm trying to think, I I don't think he directed the second one, but but he was like producer and all that fun stuff. Yeah, he's he done a lot of movies. He did this movie with Keanu Reeves. Do you guys remember which one that was? Knock was Knock. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Knock Knock. Knock Knock. Yeah, yeah, we watched that one. It. Uh... I was angry at that movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's almost like a porno or something. Like I don't yeah. know. <laughs> It's, it's it's like a porno, but then it goes wrong in the second act. So it's a snuff film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. It, it's a weird film. I mean, uh, yeah. It was different. It was weird seeing Keanu Reeves in that. I still don't think Keanu Reeves is a very good actor, even though I love mm-hmm. him in, I love him in uh, John Wick. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, like, I'm a huge John Wick fan. Like, and he's just, he is John Wick, you know, he just owns it. But just sometimes he just seems a little too wooden. 
like, I don't know. In that film, he seemed a little wooden in Knock Knock. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, he's a good actor. He's just, he just belongs in certain roles. Like, he's great as, like, a John Wick actor. Like, he's wicked. And he's really emotional in that, too. It's weird, you know? Like, he can pull that off. I mean, it's no devil's advocate, but... What's that? Sorry, the phone keeps kind of weird. The, the okay. sound is hard to... Knock Knock is no devil's advocate, but... It's <laughs> no devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that movie. God, I don't know who's worse than that is. Is uh, Keanu Reeves worse than that or Al Pacino? Al Pacino in that what, movie. What do you mean? They're both amazing. Al Pacino goes full Al Pacino <laughs> oh, on the road. Over role. the top. Just... <laughs> he does. He totally goes full Pacino in that one. He does. Yeah. And Keanu's yeah, got a southern movie. accent. Yeah, Keanu Reeves probably is the best actor in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula. He was really bad in Dracula. Oh. <laughs> oh. He, he, I'll, I'll blame that one on youth. <laughs> Youth and miscasting. I'll blame that one. On. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's a nearly perfect film. It's a near perfect, so bad it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> that can be a fun movie to watch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The Keanu Reeves stuff. Get a good laugh out of that. Yeah, are you excited for uh, John Wick three coming out here in a couple months? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, like I said, I'm a big fan. I, uh, I love the first movie. Like I absolutely love it. And I am a big, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I'm not a big, yeah, I am a Keanu Reeves fan, I am, I totally am. Just in the right roles, I really like him in the right roles. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have said he's not a good actor, because he's, he's a good movie star, he's cool. He's apparently a very nice person, too. Yeah, he's um, salt of the earth from what I understand, which is like, you know what, as long as you're in the, the right movie, right role, you're top of the world, man, you're, you're the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, pretty much, pretty much. Like, uh, the thing is about the second one. It was good, you know, but the second one was kind of like, all right, so I saw it once. I might have seen it twice or maybe like one and a half times. I don't even know if you really needed to make a sequel. The first movie to me is just kind of like almost a masterpiece. Like it's one of my favorite movies. I really love it for for an action film. And I'm not a huge action movie fan, but that movie, just the way they build the tension, they build up the mystique. You know, about how dangerous John Wick is and how everyone fears him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make him such a formidable opponent. But the second movie, you know, it's just kind of ridiculous. It's like, oh, really? Like 200 headshots in a tunnel? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's the curse of making too much money. I mean, when, when Murderbox makes $100 million, are you going to make a sequel to it? Well, yeah, because they got to make $200 million. Exactly. Exactly. See, it's... Yeah. I got to defend John Wick, too. What, my favorite part about it was we got more into the uh, the mystique of the Continental. And for, oh, the, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah I like, agree. That was cool. I could... I could want to... I would be in for, like, a whole series just about the Continental. <laughs> that could be cool. You could do, like, a, like a prequel series or something on it. Yeah, like, we just follow yeah, around the concierge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool actors in that movie. The guy that, like, the front desk actor. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, Lance Reddick. Yeah. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, I think I saw him in The Guest. Oh, you gotta see The Guest. Yeah, Lance Reddick. He uh, plays Carver. I just looked it up. Oh. <laughs> it's awesome. Stars uh, Dan, Dan Stevens. It's got it's a, a very 80s feel to it. Like, it's set in present day, but they, they give it kind of a really 80s feel. And it's directed by Adam Wingard. He's one of the guys that, you know, directed 
was in VHS, VHS 2. Oh, okay. And I think, I think he did Death Note. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Blair Witch remake, which I wasn't that crazy about. <laughs> but he, he, he's amazing. Like, he's great. The Guest is a great movie. It's an amazing movie. And then he has this other cool film coming out, I think, in a couple of years. He's doing one of the... I think it might be Godzilla versus King Kong. <gasps> He's directing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we, uh, we we love the Godzilla and King Kong movies. We love monster movies, especially. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that stuff too. Do you guys like uh, Godzilla nineteen eighty five? I liked that when I was a kid. Oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ninety seven one. Right. <laughs> I didn't Matthew care for. Broderick. Yeah, the Matthew Broderick one. I didn't care for much. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't Godzilla that I grew up with, fish. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was different. I don't know, I was a little disappointed in that. Um, what about the, uh, the one with Brian Cranston? Oh, the like, Brian Cranston the cameo? Movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah it, it was pretty good, <laughs> except that it kept cutting the fight scenes until the end. It has end. no fight scenes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be like, all right, build up, build up, build up, and then skip to an hour later or watching it on a TV that a child is watching. And then or... they cut away to characters we don't care about. <laughs> yeah, let's just see the monsters fight, right? That's what I'm here yeah. for. I'm here to see the monsters fight. I want to see Godzilla <laughs> basically it. fight a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love that. See, like, you know, Godzilla body slam jaws or something. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, ooh, maybe that's what the Detective Pikachu is eventually <gasps> going to get into the Godzilla yes! universe. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> the movies are great. I loved that stuff growing up, too. Yeah. I was into those kind of movies, too. Excellent. Well, Gerald, uh, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with us about Murder Box. It's a great flick. Again, wh- where can we uh, follow you to get updates on, on the movies? Just the Murder Box Facebook or. Yeah, just uh, just check it out on, uh, just keep track of the Murderbox page on IMDb. Posted as to uh, when the release date is, you know, just watch social media. Look at, uh, at Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I try to keep uh, updates on that as well. And, yeah, uh, there's... Excellent. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, definitely keep us posted, and we'll help uh, forward it on to our listeners and stuff. Make sure they get out there and review your films and... Uh, ho- hey, hopefully, I get, get more eyes on it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It was really cool doing this uh, this with you, and uh, I know that we're friends on Facebook, so I will. Uh, I guess I'll know when this is coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, really? I'll keep you posted. Yeah, it should be probably like the first or second week of April. <laughs> like I said, when we get the yeah. links and all that, we'll kind of work that in as well, so people can. Yeah, that'd can be great. My friend and I, we were uh, we tried doing a podcast once. Uh, actually the DOP for Murderbox and we were going to do a, a podcast we had this bright idea that we could do it mm-hmm. and then we got kind of drunk and then we it was before he moved back to Australia we got kind of loaded and we did this like crazy podcast oh, <laughs> and then I started editing it I'm like wow it's a lot of work to edit a podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's true Steve does that and work for us I thought this would just be easy like if you just talk you know and record and then here it is but no that's involved work that's no fun yeah, that automatically cuts out all the dead air and the, the coughs and the clearing your throats. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not quite like that yet. Ho- hopefully, AI will figure yeah. it out one day, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they got to come up with like an instant podcast where it just does that for you. <laughs> Throws in its own you know, music. Like, yeah, and... <laughs> you just talk into it, and it just takes up throat clearing and the pauses. And like, look at that instant podcast. 
you watch in 10 years they'll have that they'll, okay. someone will come some genius will come up with that yeah they're working on it everyone actually. will be doing it <laughs> <laughs> excellent well thank you sir and uh have a great evening thank you so much thank you both it was lovely talking to you yeah likewise have a good night sir all right, it's a few weeks later. Um, <laughs> we uh, finally got some great information on where you can find Murder Box uh, by writer, director, star Gerald Varga. So by mid-May, uh, Murder Box should be on the POV Horror Channel, uh, but then by June, it will be on Amazon Prime. So yeah, you can well, watch it there. Oh, guys, if I know a lot of people are very skeptical of Amazon Prime. Uh, I have had my ups and downs with Amazon Prime, but I gotta tell you, it's like 120 bucks for the year. In reality, that's 10 bucks a month if all you use is the video streaming services. Yeah. And yes, there are some movies you have to pay for. There are some movies you don't. You have the ability to even, like, buy or rent some of these movies that you can't get any other way. Like, it's oh, kind of yeah. like a Costco membership. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, like we watch a lot of a lot of movies on uh, Amazon Prime. We do. Uh, some of which we would never even knew existed without it. Exactly. Uh, but it comes up on our recommended feeds when we watch other bad movies. Um. <laughs> but yeah, Murder Box. Go find it. It's going to be great. You guys are going to love it. Yeah. Because it is great. And Gerald's so nice. Yeah, Gerald's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, help support independent movies and do all that. Yeah. Uh, so until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from, from movies. movies. Have a good night, everybody. Night.